And we're live. Welcome to From the Stand. It's it's me, JC, with Jacoby as always. Um, here to here to give a little recap, little little preview, maybe talk about some future stuff. Um, but I th- we got a lot to talk about. Talk about one because I wasn't here last week, so we apologize for not being able to get something out last week. This is obviously going to be a weekly thing, but it, it's kind of hard when you're traveling, and sometimes it's hard to get a, a road thing kind of set up, especially when you're catching flights and stuff. So. We're going to do better on that and make sure this is an every week thing. So without further ado, let's get in this thing. Let's go, my friend. How about you start off with your Gamecocks? Yeah, start with our Gamecocks. Are we talking about last week or this week? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you start where you want to, my friend. No, let's go with this week. We'll, we'll let last week be in the past. And not, I, I was at a wedding, so I didn't get to see a lot of the Kentucky game anyway. But this is for this week, so let's get, let's get started on Troy. Obviously... As a Carolina fan, I think any fan, especially in the SEC that plays a team like Troy, um, you expect to handle it up front, especially with your offensive line and your defensive line. Not not to have a knock on Troy, but I mean, come on, we, we know what kind of what kind of competition we're playing against. So it's frustrating to see the final score. I mean, look, a win's a win, and, and we're still dealing with a lot of the leftovers from the Muschamp era and, and all that stuff. It sometimes is just. I don't know. It's kind of defeating sometimes when you look at where you think we should be already with the new staff and as excited as we were to start the season. Um, but I thought we played pretty well as far as like the offensive line. I thought Doty played pretty well, but it's like we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. I mean, again, penalties, um, letting the ball go before we score in the end zone. Just, just little things like that, that one – we can't do in general right now because we're not good enough because that almost cost us the game versus Troy. And what's that going to go going forward? I mean, uh, look, we weren't going to beat Georgia, Georgia this year. Anyway, I get it, but we shot ourselves in the foot plenty of times that game. So we just can't, we just can't lose. Like we can't be the reason why, you know what I'm saying? Look, if a team's better than us, Georgia was better than us, but Troy was not 23 to 14 close. Like it shouldn't have been like that. And that's just how I feel watching that game. Right. And I totally agree. Uh, y'all are a much superior team than Troy. And uh, just being in the SEC, y'all face much you know, tougher competition. So Troy should be a guaranteed win when you look at your schedule to start you know, to start a season. That's the kind of aspirations this team needs. And I just didn't work out. Uh, stupid mistakes. And we may see that later on in the Clemson uh, segment too. But it's just stupid mistakes, and, and that's been a history, unfortunately, of Gamecock football here and there. Um, and that comes with, a, you know, a new coach as well. There's going to be, you know, a learning curve for him and some of his new players. But um, I think y'all put up a decent amount of total yards, 357, you know, but just never could cash in when you got, got the scoring opportunities. Yeah, and it's frustrating too. Going back to the the O line talk is that you know last year Kevin Harris a thousand yard rusher and that was the big talk coming into the year. Marshawn Lloyd's healthy. Obviously, the emergence of Juju McDowell um, has certainly helped us out. So, I mean, we got a plethora of guys in the backfield that can do the job. But when Troy's out rushing us at least at one point during the game, that's when I'm like, come on, like we got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to set that tempo. You got to be able to move the guy in front of you. That's the biggest thing, and we're not doing it right now. Now, again, we're, we're shuffling offensive linemen uh, almost every week, it seems like. He's shuffling guys in and out. We're trying to we're trying to get that. Um, we do have some offensive line recruits coming in, which are going to be good. But, you know, uh, it's as you, like, 
get older and I feel like you're more, you become a real fan and you're watching games, you realize, you know, you always hear offensive lines are important, defensive lines are important, but it's not sexy, you know, it's uh, the receivers, the running backs, the quarterback, but I'm tired of watching a game when I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm tired of yelling at the TV because we can't block somebody. If we can't block Troy, we can't block Georgia, we can't block Georgia, we can't block whoever else. But like, it's just frustrating, man. And I get it. It takes time. And there's a new offensive coordinator scheme. And it's just, it's hard to watch, man. It's it's very frustrating. My Saturdays are normally my days off, but they become quite stressful trying to sit there and watch that through the entire game. Right. No, I really like that analogy, actually. It's like a young kid in high school that's got their first car, and it's an older car, and all they want to do is throw some subs in there and put some window tint on a bunch of cosmetic stuff. And when you're saying the offensive line, that's like you need some new tires, you need, you know, a new alternator kind of thing. Like y'all need some some stone, some some really good foundation pieces. And that, that'll come, I would believe, you know, over time in recruiting. But, you know, yeah. the stuff that will come with discipline is like I was saying, y'all, y'all had – 10 penalties for 92 yards. Troy had two for 16. That that hurts pretty pretty bad, you know. And y'all had three turnovers, they had four. So you didn't lose that turnover battle, but three turnovers ain't going your game either. So No, not at all. And it's especially frustrating too when the defense is playing pretty well and and not not even just playing well, like stopping people. We're making plays, we're forcing fumbles, we're we're getting interceptions, we're making really good plays, but we're not capitalizing on the offensive side of things, which is also frustrating because I feel like guys not not granted Josh Van was was kind of nursing a, a groin injury and uh, most of that first half, even really into the third quarter, he's more of a not a decoy. They just weren't going to him as much. Um but I thought Jalen Brooks played pretty well. The carry on played well early. He had that one I know he dropped on that fourth down. That was big. But we have it's just because it's like we have guys, at least it seems like we have guys, we have athletes, but we're just not consistent yet. Um, I don't think it's on Doty. I don't even think it's all on the offensive line. It's obviously it's a team game, but the offensive line right now is probably the root of it. I think Doty's playing well. I think he's he's our future right now. So I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for Beamer. I'm not freaking out any anything like that. It's just as every Saturday rolls around, man, it's just frustrating because and we'll get to now, unfortunately, with kind of we don't have to move there yet, but just kind of with your team, it's like, man, every Saturday you a win is not guaranteed. You know, it's not like so. Right. Yeah, but to stay positive, I mean, and to look also back on the week we didn't have the podcast. Uh, yeah, only lost to Kentucky sixteen ten, and turn around this week and you know hindsight twenty twenty, I thought that was a bad loss, even though Kentucky was undefeated. But Kentucky went you know and beat Florida this past week, so yeah. that actually looks to be a pretty good you know. And Troy's been good in the past, and maybe they are good. You know, these are, you know, they're close, and we think they should be must-wins by a couple scores. Um, it's looking, looking to be like y'all are still a pretty decent team. Just got to clean it up a little bit. Yeah, no, Troy. I mean, Troy had some big transfers from all kinds of schools, Big Ten, SEC, all that stuff. So they definitely had guys. Um, don't get me wrong there. But you're right. I mean, at last week, Kentucky lost, man. It's like, come on, like. Yeah, we'll lose in basketball, but come on, let's not let's not lose in football. And then yeah, then they go down and Florida comes into town and then they beat Florida. So it's just it's been a lot of parody, especially in the SEC this year, which is kind of cool to see, I guess, in the in the way of who's who's next up. I mean, obviously it's Bama and obviously we see it's Georgia. Georgia's for real. I think even even coming into this week, people were like, Well, Georgia hasn't really played any good offenses because now if you look at the rankings like 
obviously going into the game, no one saw that, but like Clemson's not ranked hot at all. I mean, they're hundred whatever in offense, right. same same as Carolina, um, same as Vandy. So going into the game, I think some people are like, well, you know, they haven't really played anybody good. And I don't know how good Arkansas is, but they were obviously the eighth ranked team for a reason. Um, and they went and absolutely shut them down. So Georgia's for real, Bama's for real, it's gonna be theirs to lose. Uh, honestly, I I don't think we've really made any official predictions yet, but I would probably put those two in the playoff, regardless of who wins the the league. Unless they happen to stumble. I just don't see that happening. Exactly. Yeah, I don't see them stumbling. I would definitely put I mean, I would say right now you could lock Alabama in there as a one and possibly even a two loss team. Especially with like Oregon losing this week and stuff like that. And and possibly with Georgia too. Because their you know, wins are even more impressive than Alabama so far. Because just the, the dominance that they have over there. Yeah, and I was kind of, I kind of was expecting Ole Miss to kind of put up more of a fight just because last year's game was such a shootout. Um, I think it's last year, 2020 and 2019 get me mixed up with the whole COVID thing. But And right. and Lane Kiffin going for it very early on fourth down, I'm not opposed to that either. But like every time he's going for it on fourth down, like get some points on the board, have some momentum. And I mean, they just got outplayed in every sense of the word. And Bryce Young is right now looking like the Heisman front runner for sure. Yep. I have to agree. I was hoping that Ole Miss would put up a bigger fight because I think uh, Matt Corral would have been a nice Heisman right there. But so far in Heisman, uh, Desmond Ritter finally getting a lot of what us college football fans wanted for a long time, and especially Clemson fans, getting Notre Dame the heck out of here. Right. And I think Cincinnati, you know, finally said, "All right, let, let's let's get him out of here." And they had a, a big program. That's one of the biggest wins in program history. So uh, that, that he's a, a big Heisman front right now. But no, I agree. Bryce Young is the odds-on favorite right now. Well, and he's—I mean, did you see the thing going into where he, you know, Luke Fickle was like, you know, you got to worry about Notre Dame and the fans, and he was like, look, it's—they're not going to be loud for that long, and he kind of ended up being right about that. So that—that that doesn't surprise. Me. But yeah, Matt Corral, dude, Matt Corral, I remember watching early on because he was in the same Elite Eleven class as Trevor Lawrence, the carry-on joiner. Um, Justin Fields, Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA, like that whole class, man. I know I'm leaving out a couple, but that whole class was. It, it's kind of weirder now, obviously, because you don't think about them being together since you know Lawrence is in the league and Fields is in the league already. But yeah, he was one of those like elite guys. He just wasn't the number one initially, so he he's still playing well, man. They might end up running the table the rest of the way. But yeah, man, it's just it's just goes to show you, man. Alabama and Georgia right now are on a completely different playing field than everybody else. Yeah, and I was kind of thinking that earlier. Uh, just there's been a lot of chaos so far with like Oregon beating Ohio State and kind of not necessarily knocking Ohio State out, out of the running, but you know taking them back a notch. And then Oregon goes and loses to Stanford. That kind of hurts there, you know. So it really is. Georgia and Alabama separating themselves. And every year we, we see three or four teams do that anyway. But uh, it really does seem like this year just – and especially from my perspective of Clemson certainly not seeming like they're even fighting for anything right now. Um, it just kind of feels like they're really separating. Yeah, the top – I mean, the top 25, man, is is insane. I don't think we've seen some of these teams in there in a while. I don't – like, I, I get why Penn State's at number four – but I've just watched them play. I don't think they're a top four team in the country. I don't. Like, don't get me wrong. It's the rankings. I get it. They probably should be there just based on how it goes. But Penn State's not going to be there. Iowa, I I don't know. I mean, we'll see how their schedule turns out. They wouldn't surprise me, I guess. But 
man, Cincinnati is going gonna, is gonna to make a hell of a case to get in if they end up running the table. I don't see how you leave them out, man. And unless just this Notre Dame team completely flops, but I, I thought this is actually a pretty good, pretty solid Notre Dame team all around. Uh, in the past years, I think I bagged them pretty early on just because it's all talk. It's the, like we've talked before, the whole traditional USC Notre Dame hype. But I, I think they actually had a pretty solid team. And especially how Jack Cohn's played. I mean, they, they've had Ian Book, so they haven't really fallen off that much. I mean, Jack Cohn's not Ian Book yet, but um, right. I thought that was a, a very good uh, win for Cincinnati and Desmond Ritter. And still, man, they're not getting a lot of talk. Or he's not for the Heisman yet. But hopefully he'll have some more moments up ahead. But that's the thing. Like right now, the only team they have left on their schedule that's ranked in the top twenty-five is SMU, and that's going to be Which November twentieth. Yeah, and they're twenty-fourth. So are they going to be there or not? They're also right. currently undefeated. So we'll see if he has some opportunities for those Heisman moments that they they so call them. No, I agree, and they they really needed UCF to to be something good this year, but they kind of fallen off a little bit as well. So they do need some help, just like every single year with a group of five team count. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, just uh, real quick before we transition uh, to Clemson, I guess we'll kind of stay on the SEC for a little bit. Um, Were you surprised at all with uh, the Mississippi State-Texas A&M game? Yes, I was. Uh, Anytime I see Mississippi State play and I see Mike Leach coach a game, I'm surprised, (laughs) (laughs) if I have to say it. Um, cause they're just so swing and miss sometimes. And then they, sometimes they swing and they, they nail it. And I think this may be a good thing for, for A&M in the long run, because, the, you know, they had big expectations this year. Like a, a lot of people were kind of thinking that they could compete for the SEC championship this year against Bama and Georgia and stuff. And I mean, they, I forgot what their preseason record was, but they were like fourth or fifth, I think, coming into yeah. the Oh yeah, yep. I mean, yeah. people like people were talking about them contending for the West, kind of them right. and Bama at the top too. Exactly. So uh, tough loss for them, but I think it does help them take a step back and realize that it does hurt to lose uh, a guy like Kellen Mond. You can't just replace somebody like that, and they just got a long way to go to get to that level. Yeah, and you think about it, Kellen Mond. I, I thought Kellen Mond was very good, but he's not. I don't know. He wasn't like one of the the best we've ever seen, but he had been there for so long. It's hard to replace like that. A guy that knows the system so well. And the fact that they lost in A&M with the whole 12th man thing. But it surprised me too, because I'm looking back at Mississippi State. And like you said, Mike Leach is obviously a good coach. Doesn't get talked about a lot when it comes to, I feel like the games, he gets more talked about like his post game uh, antics and all that. But I mean, this is a team that lost to Louisiana Tech. Or no, I'll take it back. They beat Louisiana Tech by one point to start the year. So they lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they beat NC State. All right, we'll see. They lose to Memphis, and then they lose to a so-so LSU team. So, I don't know. I mean, it's the SEC. I'm not surprised. You you really don't know. But, yeah, the way A&M was heralded coming into the game and the fact that it was at Texas A&M did surprise me. Um, the Auburn-LSU game didn't really surprise me. I was actually surprised LSU jumped ahead that early, and they were up like 13-0 before Auburn made a comeback, which Bo Nix made one of the best plays I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't still have, he's still running around, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's still yeah. It, not only I mean, Jalen Hurst did something similar today, but he didn't get rid of the ball. He or he at least didn't make a touchdown down the field. But yeah, that was a, a an insane play um for Bo, who hasn't I feel like he hasn't been playing that well either. But other than that, I mean I think we pretty much touched on I mean, Tennessee, Missouri wasn't close and Vandy played UConn where I saw you could get tickets for a dollar on SeatGeek. 
So there's not not much to be said for that game. Yeah, they call that the toilet bowl. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's move into your Clemson Tigers and uh, their game versus Boston College Saturday night. Yes, sir. It's uh, disappointing, but honestly, uh, a win is a win. That's the way the Dabo keeps phrasing it, and I can agree with that. Um, a win does make a win, but it's just you keep falling in the rankings doesn't feel like a win. And the offense didn't look too much different from previous weeks. Uh, so it's hard to say that that was a win, you know, with, again, with the expectations that we've had for this team for, for many years now and, and coming into this year. And and there was just – I forgot. I think we kicked four field goals. It was either four or five field goals. It was – just never cashing in when we actually moved the ball. We actually got a good bit of total yards this week. Um, and the offense played a little better, but just don't like we had some creative play calls to get some yards this week, but it was just whenever we got in close, it like we had a fourth and one, just like we had a few weeks back and we were sitting in shotgun and did his own read. Like why make a fourth and one a fourth and four when you can just have a 200-whatever-50-pound quarterback just get that one yard. So it still does come back to the play calling of Tony Elliott because defense is still not giving up any points, really. Um, still only giving up one touchdown is very, very good, but we're starting to give up yards to the air. We're, we're, we're stuffing teams on the ground, but like to give up 300 some yards passing this week is not very good. Um, to our standards again, you know, 311 yards is what, what they had. So it is frustrating and we're certainly deserved to drop out of the top 25. Uh, it still is weird to do that with a win, but it, it's not encouraging. I'll say that for the, for the least. And, and we did have the podcast last week, so I couldn't really touch on this, but we did obviously lose Brian Brissini for the year with a torn ACL and that certainly hurts the defensive line. That's one of the biggest guys, you know, one of the bigger recruits and everything. And he was primed to have a really good year this year. And I mean, I can't remember if we had the, if we had a chance to talk about Lynn J. Dixon, you know, kind of basically. Out, no, we out, haven't. In the, right, exactly. Uh, kind of entering the transfer portal. Just I don't want to say quitting on the team, but he just wasn't getting this opportunity. So it's you know, it's really frustrating that we lose Will Shipley. So. I think we're doing all right with what we have, but it still is just not what we were hoping for at this point of the year, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you obviously like any team in the country has lost people to the transfer portal. And I don't think that can be a reason why you say something's going on, but it is weird to maybe see some type of, I don't know, some issues internally maybe. And so with the game, it's weird, man, because I feel like you guys, in the past, like the past, uh, let's just so let's say Lawrence and Deshaun Watson era, I feel like weren't in the red zone very often just because you guys were just getting all these explosive plays. But even when you were, I feel like it was automatic. It was easy. It was smooth. It was ETN. It was zone reads with Trevor Lawrence. Like it was very easy. So I know we're almost beating a dead horse with the whole Tony Elliott offensive coordinator thing. And I think I've probably talked my own shit about him in the play calling. But as as this season is going along, and we're seeing that now much is changing with DJ's play. How much of it is just the fact that either either Tony is just a subpar coordinator and they've had very, very good players, or is Tony a good coordinator and they've had very good players and DJ is just not living up to the hype? And look, he, this is only his first year starting. He could very well develop into a, a, 
a big time first round NFL guy, and he very well may. He's got, I mean, he's got the tools, he's got the physical as- assets. But I think you guys have just hit the jackpot with Deshaun coming in as a freshman, Trevor Lawrence coming in as a freshman, just doing things that no one has seen and made it look so easy that just maybe not even as a Clemson fan, but just as like a, from the national standpoint, like the expectations are so high. So it's understandable when things get down. But it, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't even know if it's the play calling because you guys are running the same scheme. It's just, I don't know. Like guys aren't getting open. I don't know if it's the offensive line. Like, I don't know if we can actually put it all on the coordinator. I hope they don't just, everyone just freak out um, and just put it all on the coordinator. I don't think that's fair, especially given, I mean, look at their history with the national championships and the conference championships and the the win loss record. I mean, you guys haven't been outside the top 25 since 2014. That's seven years. That's insane. I don't even remember the last time Caroline was in the top 25. So, I mean, just totally different like perspectives, how, how it's going right now. Right. And I mean, I would say that the scheme is just, it's still the same scheme we ran, which has gotten us, gotten us to this point. But the, the lack of accuracy that DJ displays on a weekly basis is part of the issue. But I think also college football in the past seven years has changed as well. Uh, there's just a lot more score. I mean, look at Alabama. It used to be never recruit quarterback, get a, you know, a decent three-star game manager and let the defense do the work. Now Alabama's got, you know, the best quarterback in the nation. And it's just hard to, you know, we had to out-scheme teams and have a super talented quarterback to beat those kind of defensive teams. And that was seven years ago. This is 2021. This is a whole different college football. And I think we have not shown any growth on the offensive side. And we kind of, I think, like you said, beating a dead horse, there seems to be a lack of like willingness to change or or try a different scheme. And I think that's what the issue is here to, to you know, get the icing off the cake kind of thing. That's the beginning part. But again, there are some positives to take. I mean, DJ was out there till one o'clock after the game, just after, after the game, just kind of going out there and just in some more to get some more work in. So he's trying to work through it, I guess. Um, but it, it is encouraging to finally have a 100-yard rusher again. I feel like that doesn't, hasn't happened in a good while. Kobe Pace is, is a good back. Um, but it's just a lot that just feels like it needs to, to kind of upgrade. You know what I mean? Kind of like coming to the 20, you know, the 2022 kind of era, we need to kind of make that next leap. We were ahead of a couple of teams with the scheme years and years and years ago. And we need to kind of make yeah, that exactly. next leap. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I was like, you guys were ahead of the curb, you know, for a, a long time. Right. But, and that, and that's what I was kind of getting to before. Cause I, I didn't go into much until we, we started talking about Clemson. Now is like, now it's like every game, bro. Like I remember you guys could just run through the schedule and be like, ah, yeah, dub, 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 dub until, you know, maybe a Vatek or a North Carolina or whatever, you know, NC State. And now it's like, man, all right, well, Boston College, we beat by six. We got Syracuse coming up. They got the same record as us. We got Pittsburgh after that. They're four and one. Florida State, trash. Louisville, they're pretty good. UConn is uh, terrible. Um, yeah. I think their basketball team could probably beat their football team. And then you got Wake Forest, who's playing very well, 5-0. and They're in the top 25. Sam Hartman's over there playing playing well. And then, obviously, you got the Carolina-Clemson game, which is um, probably going to be 10-7. to 
with uh, no touchdowns. I don't know how it's going to work with the seven, but the way the way both teams are playing on <laughs> offense, I don't know if like I want to go to that game now or like I don't. Like it's in Columbia, but at the same time, it's like. I mean, I lie. I take that back. We know the atmosphere is going to be the same as it is always, especially without having like fans. Actually, no, we didn't even play last year. I take that back. See, I'm forgetting everything. We didn't even get to play last year because we let some stupid politicians decide who's going to play football because if you play Carolina Clemson, you get COVID. But if you play other teams, you don't. Um, I'm going to stop getting get back in my box. But yeah, <laughs> now, now, dude, man, you guys have like, you guys have to really like, I don't know. I feel like you probably didn't have to watch most of these games the last couple of years because you're just like, ah, we're up 21-0 in the first quarter. Now I can go hang out with my buddies. And now it's like, you're like me every Saturday. You got to sit down and watch every play because you got to make sure we're not going to throw this thing away. No, I agree. And we, I think we have three games left on the schedule that are kind of like an NC State kind of game that we could possibly lose if, if we don't kind of step it up. Um, we, we still have the talent to beat these teams, but I think Syracuse is still an easy dub. But the three games come out is Louisville, Pitt, and Wake. We just saw Louisville and Wake, you know, throw hands this past weekend, 37-34. Um, and I saw in our picks that you had Wake, and I thought Louisville would have the upset. So we just kind of went back and forth there. Yeah. But those – and then South Carolina at the end of the season, just having to play at South Carolina, who knows? Because um, this, this is a year we're vulnerable, and new coach would love to take advantage of that. No, if But, sure. yeah. We still we could easily run the table, kind of get our stuff together and and you know play good. But you know, we have three games we definitely could lose. So yeah, and I was sitting there watching the game, man. And I'll be honest, I I really didn't, I couldn't really come to a conclusion on how I felt because a part of me was like, yes, I want to see Clemson just implode as a Carolina fan because you guys have been running the table. But then like. I'm like, no, because Jacob's over there stressing out. And this is how I felt for the last, I don't know, most of my entire life. <laughs> so, and, yep. and not that you did it up until when you guys obviously became what you guys are now. But I'm like, I don't know if I wish that upon anybody, especially you. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I But I did. I was kind of hoping just for that like crazy ending, which it ended up being. Um, I, I thought Boston College was going to go down and score just because they had that hell of a sideline catch. And then he threw another one to the sideline. I was like, all right, they're moving the ball. They only need a touchdown and then a field goal. But the way field goals are going now, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Um, I remember that. Uh, what was the game Thursday night? Florida State was playing. No, not Florida State. Miami. Who was Miami playing Thursday night? Uh, Virginia beat Florida. Uh- Virginia, Virginia. yeah. So I remember I was sitting there watching it, and I was sitting next to a friend in my or Florida State, no Miami, yeah. Miami, Miami, Miami goes to kick the field goal, and he's like, "Oh, they they got this. It's over." I literally looked at him. I was like, "He's gonna shank it." I was like, "Miami's trash," <laughs> and Miami shanked it. They need to get out of the ACC. But yeah, dude, it just I, I I feel your pain, bro, because it's like. I don't know, man. It's tough to watch, especially when you, especially with you guys, because you know the talents there. You know, the, the, you still have the. Yeah, coach. It's not like you guys have all of a sudden lost your coaching staff and you don't have the players. Like it's all there. No, yeah, we still have the you know, one of the highest paid coaches, and we still have one of the several of the highest paid coordinators. You know, like that could easily be head coaches elsewhere. So the coaching is still there, uh, and the players are mainly still there. I mean, like I said, we've had some big losses so far. Some five star guys have gone out, but. That, that's the thing. Like Clemson plays the most players out of any team in the nation, it feels like, every single year, year yep. on end. And we play 78 people a game. And that's where the experience comes in. And it just seems like there's a lack of experience on this team. So, 
Which and, there there is, but you know, this is how you learn and grow. Thinking and you know what, dude? Like this. It, it might be the same as the whole talk that was with like Aaron Rodgers after their they're just kind of absolute egg they laid when they played the Saints the first week because everyone's like Aaron doesn't care and he's messed up the chemistry of the team blah 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 and then obviously you've seen what they've done since then but I mean you guys might run the table and and end up 10 and 2 and then it's like I mean what what would you get for 10 and 2 years and years ago right like I mean hey I'll take 10 and 2 any year obviously you guys have way higher expectations now but if you guys end up going 10 and 2 and obviously right now Wake Forest controls on destiny with uh the division you guys are in the same division but let's just say you guys run the table in the conference championship. Like it's a win. Like, yeah, that's that might not be enough to get you back into the top four, but to to win another conference championship, I think Dabo, who I think does a lot of coach speak a lot of times, but I think Dabo and, and oh, the staff, no. why 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 yeah, why wouldn't you be happy with another conference championship, right? I mean, that's gotta be the first goal. Like you gotta win your conference. I mean, right. So that might be a silver lining, I guess, if you will. Um, because I, I don't even know, dude. At this point, man, even if you guys run the table, I don't know if it's enough to jump you into number four. I don't see it now that you guys are outside of it. Um, just yeah, the unless hope is, the hope this year is like you're saying, the ACC is still like Wake is good, obviously, but it's still ours. We should still, you know, we still should be able to win the ACC, but it's it's going to be a challenge for this team, you know. But, Which you know what that that's another way to. Tell what your team is made of. All the adversity they faced, you know, all the expectations and getting to where they are now. Like, hey, maybe you guys, like you said, you run the table. And I mean, that's going to be a hell of a way for a team to come together if you guys can. I mean, Dabo is not going to let you guys roll over and quit. So I'm really not too concerned. I, I just, I get it from a national perspective why people are kind of freaking out a little bit. All right, right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on here and try to hit up some of these other games. Uh, you see Oklahoma sneak one out at Kansas State, which always gives them issues. Did you see my pick? 31. Did you see my pick? I picked Kansas State. Yes, Oklahoma's bound to lose one. They actually had them. I think it ended up being like 31-14 at one point, and Kansas State did make a comeback. But, yeah, man, I, I keep thinking Oklahoma's going to fall one of these times. I keep pulling it out. And like you said, a win's a win, man. They, they're getting it done. I didn't actually get to watch this one, so I don't know. I think, I think from kind of what I was reading, that Spencer rather – had some issues, but hey, they got a dub and they got a big one coming up Saturday with Texas. So, yes, big one coming up Saturday. I didn't get to see this game either. I'm just looking at the box score and the final score, but I mean, he went 22 for 25 with a pick. But you know that seems to be pretty efficient at least. Yeah, I'd say. Um, yeah, but that is going to be a big matchup this coming weekend with Oklahoma Texas. I can never say it, but the old river, Red River rivalry. Oh. Rivalry? Yeah, Red, Red River Rivalry. Yeah, something like that. Rivalry. I think game, game day is going to be there. Oh, that'll be, that'll be what's up? The old SEC teams. That's why game day is there. <laughs> right, yeah. Welcome to the SEC. Still don't get that whole thing, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, You know what's actually impressing me is playing very well, which I didn't think I'd ever say again, probably is Michigan. Yeah, that, that was the other one I was going to bring up. Uh, undefeated, 5-0. Uh, Wisconsin is a big disappointment, so it's kind of hard to tell from that specific game because Wisconsin's won. Yeah, but that's still but, I, uh, I, that's still like a good win. I, I mean, I, like I get it. Like certainly. I, I mean, I feel like I'm maybe hypocritical to other one and three teams, but I feel like Wisconsin. Like I don't know. I feel like they're a pretty good one and three team, just all things considered. 
Yeah, yeah. And they, they've all, they're just like their own team. But Michigan held them to 43 yards rushing. And what is Wisconsin, like, foundation? They just run the living crap out of the ball. And yeah. to hold them to 43 yards on 32 attempts, like, Michigan's defense must be for real. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin is probably going to end up with a good record. They they lost to Penn State the first game of the year, uh, who's number four right now. They beat Eastern Michigan, and then they lost to Notre Dame, and then Michigan. So they all they they've lost to all ranked teams. So it's like, are they really that bad? They've they've probably the toughest schedule. Um, I feel like they're already past it now. They still do have to play Iowa later in the year, but they got Illinois coming up, Army, Purdue, and then Iowa. So they're probably about to reel off three straight, and they're going to play Iowa. So I think this is later in the year. It's going to look better for Michigan. That's why that's why I said coming in, it's like this is still a very tough game and thirty eight seventeen is you know, that that's a I a pretty good score for Michigan and Big Ten, like you said, man, Wisconsin's always big boys up front on both sides of the line. Yes, sir. But Michigan's got it in, in front of them. If they can, you know, I don't want to say run the table because they actually have Michigan State, who's made eleventh, like you're saying, Penn State fourth, yeah. and then the Ohio State seventh. If they can even if they can get undefeated and still lose to Ohio State, like they'll be playing for a very good bowl game and possibly right on the edge there for, you know, sneaking in as the force to to be the lucky winner to lose to Bama. But right, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what that's what we need to sell the bowl game as. Maybe we should make some T-shirts or something. Whoever <laughs> don't steal our ideas. But you know what kind of surprised me? <laughs> Same with the Oklahoma K State. I was actually I was wondering if uh, Ohio State was going to stumble at all, but. Obviously, fifty-two to thirteen seems like they handled business. Yeah, I, I kind of thought they would be a, a little closer because Rutgers is much better than they yeah. have been. That's why I was thinking that way. But you know, CJ Stroud's kind of getting getting his groove on now. Five touchdowns, so you know, lose one early, and that's that's the way you wanted to do it. Even back in the BCS days, lose it early and kind of get a groove going. Be hot at the end. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited, man, because I hope I hope both teams went out and we have if we have a top ten Ohio State Michigan in the year, that's always good for college football. Obviously, Ohio State has just right. absolutely dominated the last few years, but I don't know, man. Michigan's got a good shot this year, so maybe maybe Jim Harbaugh's earned that that contract extension. Something that's bothering me, maybe maybe I'm just a homer, kinda, is the fact that Coastal Carolina is absolutely trouncing. Everybody, dude, every time I see the line, it's like, yeah, the 35-point favorites, they're 40-point favorites. I'm like, all right, yeah, well, that's probably not going to happen. And then they go and they beat – now, I get it. It's UL Monroe, but it's 59-6. They're not They're not going anywhere in the rankings. Like, I get it. They're also not playing – but they're, like, they're playing the people in front of them. To me, if you're stomping everybody out by 60 every week, like, let's at least give them a bump to – I don't know. They've been sitting at 15 or 16 the whole year. Like, come on. I take Coastal of a lot of other teams that I've watched play football this year. I'd take him over Clemson right now. And you see the talent on Clemson. So Yeah. I mean, besides Buffalo, they've they put up 52, 49, 53, and 59. That's insane. I don't care what team you are. And like last <laughs> two weeks ago, 53 to 3 over UMass, 59 to 6 over UL Monroe. Then they got Arkansas State, App State. They're gonna play Troy, who they're gonna trounce them because they're better. And then yeah, I mean they're gonna uh they're gonna run the rest of this this schedule, man. It's crazy. Unfortunately, dude, I don't think it's going to be enough to get them in the playoff. Yeah, but, they needed Appalachian State to be to be pretty good, and this year they've kind of fallen off. Chase I mean, they're four, they're four and one, but yeah, they're not they're not ranked. Um, man, but maybe they can sit, maybe they can sit at like twelve or something, get a, a decent ball game. But they they're going to need to schedule some ranked non conference opponents in the future to try to 
to try to move on. But yeah, dude, I'm I think they're kind of getting disrespected uh, slightly. No, I definitely agree. But one last one. Do you want to sneak in any LSU takes with that Auburn game? You mentioned Bo Nix earlier with that crazy. crazy yeah, play. dude. Obviously, as kind of like a LSU being my second team since that's where I'm from. Uh, I did expect them to lose. I just LSU is just not very good this year, man. They just, I don't know. I hope, uh, I don't know. I hope that they keep the coach. I hope they don't get rid of Orgeron. I blanked out for a second. I almost forgot his name. But I hope they keep him there. He's a Louisiana guy. But, I mean, look, when you when you go from 15-1, Joe Burrow winning a natty to kind of falling off. I, I think they got good players. Um, but, yeah, I'm not surprised, man. They lost that game. Still not going to be bad. I still want to count them out in a lot of these games. But they got Kentucky next week and then Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. <laughs> it's the next few games. So that's going to tell you how good LSU yeah. is. So And then they play UL Monroe, which... You know, Coastal stomped out, so that's another one to compare that to. But, yeah, I'm not surprised, man. I Like I said, I was more surprised the fact that LSU came out and was up 13-0 early because I don't think Auburn's been playing that great either. Uh, again, that takes me back to my whole Penn State thing. Like, I watched Auburn play Penn State. I didn't. I think Auburn should have won that game, but their coordinator's terrible, so. <laughs> Always come back to Bobo. <laughs> no, I agree. And, and Bo Nick's like, LSU's defense gave him gave him hell, you know. He was not very efficient, but I guess that's what winners do sometimes. They just win the game. And he ran the ball pretty well, but, but hey. the surprise thing for me was Auburn held LSU at 11 yards rushing. Like, you don't have Leonard Fournette back there anymore, but that's impressive for Auburn's defense. No, you know, I mean, it's the right. do that. Still impressive. I mean, that's like normally one of the games of the year is Auburn LSU. And like you said, LSU's always seems to have a really good running game. So I agree. Yeah, definitely a little surprising, no doubt. Any other ones you want? I think there was let's see the other one I wanted to touch on, maybe. Um Oh, actually, I mean the Thursday night one did kind of surprise me. The Iowa Maryland game, because I don't know if if we were talking about it two weeks ago in here or we had just talked about it. Off air was uh, Tua's brother Talia Tungavaloa, and how yep. he was like completion percentage was above seventy percent, and he had like eight or nine touchdowns, no interceptions. So I was like, all right, they're gonna come in, and maybe I was coming into town. Let's see how it goes, and I would just absolutely dominated. I mean, the first quarter was like whatever, and then I mean, it was like thirty-one seven at halftime, whatever. So it was crazy. I, I was very surprised. And they scored thirty-four seven second quarter. Yep. Yeah, which is crazy. So I mean, Iowa. I mean, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I don't think Maryland's a, a, a great team, but they were undefeated coming in and a Thursday night game, or actually a Friday night game, I'm sorry. Iowa's ranked top five. Like that's one of those like maybe they catch you sleeping type things, but they came in and handled business. Yep. And one more I wanna quickly uh tap on here is um BYU sneaking in to the top uh ten now with the latest rankings. They're number ten. They uh Beat Utah State, not a crazy tough opponent, but they're still undefeated. They, they beat them 34-20, and they're 5-0, and now, like I said, top 10 in the nation. Uh, that's kind of surprising because of, you know, they lost their quarterback, Zach Wilson, and I this may be a good transition into the NFL now, uh, but it seems to me that maybe it was BYU carrying Zach Wilson because he's not playing too great with the Jets yet. A lot of picks thrown, but – 
maybe BYU is just that good to you. Yeah, what I did did you catch into that game? I know they went to OT. Who ended up winning that game? Uh the Jets game today? Yeah. I did not watch the rest of it. Um uh, But no, dude, but before just let me know what that score is. But yeah, dude, I'm I will say BYU has not been on my radar at all. I mean, I was thinking, all right, you get Zach Wilson, top two pick. All right, they're going to fall off. They beat Arizona. They beat Utah. They beat Arizona State, South Florida. I mean, these are all really good teams, especially like Pac-12-wise. Um, and yeah, now they're in the top 10. I mean, they got some games coming up, man. You got Boise State, who is not the same. Boise has the pass, but still always a tough team. Then they travel to Baylor. That's a 4-1 Baylor team. You got Washington State. They got Virginia out of conference game. Idaho State, I'm not worried about that. And then you got Georgia Southern, not worried about that. And then you got USC to end the year. So this could be a very, like, I mean, USC's not ranked either, but Virginia might be by that time. I doubt it. Baylor might be their 4-1 um, since they just lost this weekend. But, dude, I mean, they still got some enough quality opponents at the end to kind of propel them to. I don't think they're going to make the playoff, but they'll at least be in that kind of conversation, no doubt. Yeah, and, hey, just do it like they did in uh... – was it last year? COVID year? Well, when BYU went to Coastal, now Coastal just needs to turn right around and go to BYU. The confused look on your face literally <laughs> just <laughs> explained my entire 2020. Like, I wish I could have just freeze-framed your face right there. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, that would be that would be quite something. Um, yep. And the Jets did win it every time. So, I, I saw you, Mr. Zach Wilson. I'll take a little bit back. They're beating the Titans today, 27-24. Uh, dude, several overtime games today. And by several, I at least know two. That one and then, obviously, somehow my Saints lost to the Giants. I still don't know how. Um, well, they got Saquon back, but still. Yeah, but Saquon is not enough to beat the Saints. Yeah, so. Apparently, it is. talking about. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, your Carolina team has uh, offensive issues anyway, but talk about this offensive issue. What happened from the first game of the Saints trouncing the Packers to suddenly turning right around and Jameis can't can't do anything, and now he had to turn to Taysom Hill to run in two scores a day, I think. so. See, I think it's – you know how, like, they always talk about people get a big contract and they don't play very well because they, like, have everything they want. You know, you don't – same like rappers, right? Rappers are coming up and they're, they're speaking about all their, like, all the things they've done to get to the point they are. And then once they make it, they're not very good anymore. Yeah. I don't know if that's Jameis where it's like, you know what? Jameis was terrible. What? Okay. He wasn't terrible. He's highly recruited to play football and baseball. Like Jameis is out there stealing crab legs and shit. Now he's got chefs making him crab legs anytime he wants. And now all of a sudden he's not playing good. I don't even know if this game was really on him. I didn't actually get to watch it because I don't know. NFL. I mean, I saw like the red zone stuff. 17 to 23, a pick. I mean, I'm sorry, a touchdown. 226 yards, not bad. Taysom Hill threw a pick, but he scored a tud. Um, Kamara ran the ball well. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think it was that bad of a game. I just don't feel like the Giants should have really beat us. We only had that one turnover, which was Taysom throwing a pick. What happened? I guess what happened to the defense? Like, y'all had like a really solid defense. Like, I mean, I'm asking about every facet of the game now, but Daniel Jones cannot throw 400 yards against you. He can run for 100 because that's just what he does every now and again. But 400 yards, like, what happened there? No, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've had um, a lot of issues in our secondary. We've lost some people in our secondary. We've also had a bunch of coaches out the last two weeks, but still not a good reason for Daniel Jones to throw 400 yards on us. I agree with that. I wish you wouldn't have told me that stat, by the way. It'd make me more mad. But, dude, (laughs) no, I don't don't know, man. It's It's been so up and down. Like, we absolutely trounced the Packers. 
We beat the Patriots. Screw Bill Belichick. We lose to a, which I think is a very good Panthers team. Sam Darnold was just a byproduct of the Jets. As in, and I say that meaning like that's why he was terrible there. Now right. he's playing out of his mind. He's the most rushing touchdowns, I think, in the league, or at least as a quarterback. He might be at yes. in, in, anybody. Yeah. Um, and they, they lost lost a close one today in Dallas, but um yeah, man, it's tough. And then we got Washington, the good front. We got the Seahawks, the Bucks, and then we'll beat the Falcons. But um yeah, man, we got some tough games coming up. I haven't got to sit down and watch a full game. No, I say that back. The Saints Panthers game, I, I sat down and watched the full game and I don't know what the hell Jameis was doing that day. Um, but if you, if you watch some of his crazy training videos on the off season where he's like jumping around, people are swatting at him. Yeah. Well, some of that has worked. He's put some of that into the game, uh, and it's worked. I don't really know what happened today, man, but you're right, dude. Daniel Jones shouldn't do that to us. That's pretty disappointing. Um, very disappointing actually. Right. But there were some blowouts as well, like you were talking about overtime games and stuff. But the Bills, man, they may be the best team in the NFL. I, mean, I know they're playing the Texans, who may be worse than the Jets this year. Uh, but they trounced them 40 to nothing. Like, whoo, Josh Allen something else, earning that contract. Right. Which, what does that say about the Steelers? The Steelers are 1-3, and three, but they beat the Bills. So it's like... Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of odd. Which I mean, don't get me wrong. It's NFL. There's parity. I get it. But like you said, I thought the Bills were very good coming into the year, and they're obviously showing it. And I think this doesn't happen enough or a lot in the NFL. I mean, it does, but you know, you see like the backup come in and they end up playing decent, or the team doesn't do as good job like as you thought they would. But uh, Bills came in here and absolutely handled business. So did the Colts with the backup with the Dolphins. I know the score was closer, but it was like twenty to three at one point. Right. No, and and the Steelers, man, I my 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 fiance is a big Steelers fan, so you know you support your fiance, and, and I've become a Steelers fan, and it's kind of the same issue that Clemson's had, and a lot of teams we discussed today have is just the offense. They lose to the Packers twenty-seven seventeen, and Big Ben just looks like you know a couple of screws and and bolts came out today, like <laughs> yet again. Like I don't know how many more weeks they can kind of go by with just letting him go out there and throw 15, 20 screens, you know, and just, it's kind of sad to watch it. And I don't, that's the thing. Like he's such a, a commodity in Pittsburgh because he's been there for, you know, longer than Hunter Renfro was at Clemson. And, right. <laughs> right. And it's just hard to like, it's like a breakup. It's hard to, hard to go through, but it kind of feels like it's getting on the verge of needing to, to happen. One and three, is not a good, you know, as good as Pittsburgh is, like that defense is one of the best in the National Football League. Like, it's just hard to, to see. And I wonder if that's why they went after Haskins. I mean, not not obviously. I mean, you, you need a good backup. But if since Haskins was a first-round pick, if they're thinking like, you know what, we can get the best out of this guy. And he had some moments in preseason. People were talking about him. So maybe that's their plan. Maybe they drafted another guy. But you're right, man. Big Ben is one of those guys. It's just at, at this point, he's just... He's just not consistent, man. And they said he lost a lot of weight over the offseason. I don't see it that much. <laughs> but I'm not around. <laughs> I'm not around Ben all the time. I'm not surprised they lost today, though. I think the Packers are going to start rolling right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball very well. Aaron Jones apparently had a fumble today because I was looking at my fantasy score. I'm like, well, I can't lose any points right now. But apparently you can. Apparently you can lose points. Um, well, speaking of cheering for significant others' teams, I was wearing an yes. Eagle shirt. I was wearing an Eagle shirt today. 
And I was yeah. sitting there watching the whole Eagles Chiefs game. I think the Eagles actually should have won that game. I mean, they actually played very well. The Chiefs were just it was like the Chiefs were playing Madden and the Eagles were playing real football. Because at one point, <laughs> at one point they got so they I don't know if they didn't zero blitz Mahomes, but they got a lot of pressure. Mahomes just went back and launched like threw it straight up in the air. And I was like, Oh, that's probably not a good idea. And all, Tyree Kill is just on an island by himself drinking smoothies and catches it for a touchdown. I'm like, what is happening? Why is he wide open? I thought Jalen played very well. I, I didn't think Jalen was yeah. even going to be like a starter in the NFL. And Jalen looks phenomenal. He, yeah, he had a little heat. He was running around um, probably more so than he should have. They zero blitz him down in the red zone. He actually made a very good play. Didn't panic. Just, I mean, a lot of they had to kick field goals when they should have had touchdowns. They had a couple penalties called back. They had that last touchdown, which would have put him, I think, down by like six or seven. Got called back for since Devontae went out of bounds, illegal touching. That probably would have swung the momentum again. So, 42 30, I, I thought it was a good game, man. Um, yeah. But it's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to lose. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, my fantasy score is hurting too because I had Devonta Smith and I should have played him because seven for 122. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's balling too. Um, but no, big fan of Jalen Hurts, even back to the days when he was benched for Tua. Uh, yeah. He just kept his head down and worked and didn't really say anything. And I think that's why he's why he's here and why he's doing so good. He just is a hardworking guy and doesn't say much. And man, he can escape the pocket with the best of them. Like he looked like, Bo Nix did over the weekend. He looked like yeah. Patrick Mahomes did 17 times this game. Like just like Kyler Murray today, just running everywhere, just escapes and, and makes stuff happen. Like after the pocket breaks down, and that's what makes him so special. Yeah, and it was crazy seeing that highlight, which you know they've shown it a thousand times at this point. If you've watched sports, where that throw that you know Tua came in and made that throw, and I completely forgot that was Devonte Smith because that feels like a whole yeah. lifetime ago too. It but does. one, you don't see that ever, especially at Alabama for for somebody to be benched like that and for two to come in. And then to me, even bigger was the fact that the following year, the SEC championship game, Tua gets hurt and Jalen comes in and rallies the team and goes in there and wins. And obviously like, I mean, what do you expect? You don't expect him to go in there and quit, but like you maybe just expect his mind not to be there. I mean, he's now sitting the entire year. He's not playing. This was his team. He led them to the national championship. Tua's getting a lot of the credit now. And now you sit all year, but now now he gets hurt, and now you go in and you still go win the game. And then you go to Oklahoma and you ball out. But, dude, absolutely impressive. Um, a lot of people weren't high on him in the NFL. And I don't think I was like, hey, he's not going to be good. I just honestly didn't think he'd get much of a shot. A lot of guys like that just don't even get a real opportunity. Um, so, yeah, very impressed with his play. This was probably the first time this year um, – I mean, obviously, I was at the game and I watched him play that entire game. But then, like watching on TV and having all the angles and replays and just being able to watch him play a full game, I was like, "This dude, if he stays healthy and he has somebody that like a, a team around him that actually like is for him and supports him, this dude might be he's gonna be in the league for a long time if he keeps playing the way he is." Oh yeah, and the big contracts coming his way too. The way his yeah. quarterback is getting paid. So. Speaking of uh, mobile quarterbacks, Justin Fields had his first start today against the the lonely Lions. Poor Jared Goff. <laughs> Um, That's a good way to put that team. Yeah, eleven to seventeen, two hundred nine yards, one pick, um, three carries, nine yards. I don't think he played bad. Obviously, not a game I, we get in our regional area to watch, but just watching red zone, see some highlights. He definitely has some. Uh, I think kind of reminds me of Jalen a little bit. 
just his yeah. like body type, his, his mobility, yeah. that kind of thing. That's a good comparison for sure. Uh, yeah, 74 QBR, like in his, oh, well, I don't know, is this technically his first like official start where he played the whole game? I know he can't, he's come in here and there. Um, and I think he started, no, he started last week, but didn't have a very good game last week. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think, and I think last week, well, I guess they've both been because Dalton's been hurt, but I feel like this was like the first, like, all right, he probably knew like coming into the week he was going to be a starter. Like, actually probably prepped yeah. all week, got got his first team reps, you know, like I'm going to be the guy while Dalton's hurt. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, he didn't lay a dud. I mean, playing the Detroit Lions is, you know, you feel like you're going to win the game before you come. That's one of the few yeah. teams, you know, in the NFL. There's a lot of parity in the NFL, but, uh, you know, he played pretty good. I was hoping to see a little bit more rushing out of him, three carries for nine yards. Yeah. But, you know, still, like you said, first first big game. But, and, uh, I mean, with Dalton Hurt, they're probably trying to limit him from running, I'd imagine, as, as much as they can right now. Could be very true, yeah. But Bears defense doing their job. Defense wins championships. I don't know if hey. the Bears going to win championship, but hey. Maybe not. But did you see the end of the Washington Falcons Game, I have to. That sounds like I'm saying one team, the Washington football team versus the Falcons. Yeah, which I still don't think that's caught on to me yet. The Washington football team, but uh, I think I actually did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt what Ryan. a what a what a play to McKissick to to hurdle over to get that. Lap. I mean, with 30 seconds left, man, you talk about a walk off. Yeah, that's a heck of a walk off, and that was one of those where if they had called it, called him out on the one yard line, you no. Know, you couldn't like the review. The replay couldn't have said like, yeah, he 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 scored a touchdown there. Yeah, yeah. Since they called him a touchdown, you know, on the field, that's what they had to go with. So I would say pretty lucky there, but that's a heck of a play for Biddy McKissick. But dude, dude, yeah. Taylor Heineke, if you're buying me a jersey whatsoever, first of all, give me a Justin Tucker one because the the goat of all goats. <laughs> but freaking Taylor Heineke come out of nowhere like that and play his ass off like he did last year in the playoffs and this oh, year, yeah. like. He's a baller. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's he he needs to get a contract, man. He he he's been playing good for him to step up the way he did, like you said last year in the playoffs. And now, yeah, I would definitely buy his jersey, no doubt. Um, going to the next one, we touched on Panthers Cowboys a little bit. Uh, Browns and Vikings was kind of weird because the Browns had the ball a lot in the red zone, couldn't really do anything. The Vikings were kind of stymied, which Kirk Cousins and Thielen and Justin Jefferson have been rolling. Um, the reason I know that is because I have. All of those guys on at least one of two of my fantasy teams, and today was kind of a dud. So yeah. disappointing. No, I had Dalvin Cook on mine, and I was disappointed as well. Yeah. Um, but the Vikings are. I mean, we we say this every every year, like it's recency bias, but one of the best one in three teams we've seen because Cleveland's a very good team. They're three and one, and Minnesota's lost several tough close games and put up you know some points doing it. Yeah. Uh, 27, 24 against the Bengals, who seem to be good. They're three and one. Cardinals, we know how good they are, especially today. 34, 33, and they beat the Seahawks. Like that's a good team right there. Oh yeah. And to be one and three, like that's kind of a again, recency bias, probably saying this, but that's like one of the best one and three teams I've seen in a long, long time. And Kirk Cousins continues like for his whole career to get to get crap about not being a good quarterback, but I mean he 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 hangs in there. I'll say I, that. 
I yeah, I like Cousins. I still every time I'm about to say it, I catch myself because I can't like the Vikings after the Minneapolis miracle. It still haunts me. It still frustrates me every time they, every time they play that replay, dude. I just want to smash my TV. But I do like Cousins. I do like Jefferson uh, as an LSU guy and Thielen man for how he came up. But you're right, dude. And you would you would just briefly mention that with the Cardinals stuff. Cardinals put an absolute thumping on the Rams today. Rams came out dead. Uh, Kyler was not 24 of 32, 268 yards, two touchdowns. My boy AJ had five catches, 67 yards and a touchdown. Hopkins had four and 67. Dude, four and oh, man. Four and oh. I don't think people, I mean, look, Kyler's one of the best athletes, obviously, but I don't think people expected him to probably do what he's doing right now. Oh, heck no. Nobody, dude. I mean, that's just the. The solid quarterback play in the NFL right now is well. Like Josh Allen's one of the best. You know, that's oh, what yeah. makes Mahomes so good is they just piss off linemen by just running around. And you just can't hey, catch me, catch me. You can't catch me. Like, and he's one of the best to do it. I mean, he got. I think it was late in the game too. He got a, a pass, not a pass interference call, a rough in the passer call on Kyler Murray because. When the guy tried to tackle him, one of those six, eight defensive linemen got to <laughs> yeah. tackle him. They clubbed him in the face because he's so short. And he got right. the call because he fell down. He's like, oh, you hit, a, hit the quarterback high. That's rough in the passer. Like, he's just so small and so unique of a, of a you know, attributes that it's just kind of hard to, to defend him. And that just obviously makes for some exciting football. It's always fun to watch Colin Murray play. Yeah, he's one of the best athletes Probably ever, man. And, and the fact that he's, yeah, he's small, but man, kid's got an arm. I don't even know how he sees over his lineman either. I don't, I don't know, know how he's doing any of that. I mean, that, they that's always say that's was, the knock. Yeah. That's why he was drafted what, over number one overall yeah. in the MLB and the yeah. NFL. Like, that's how, how, often, how often does that happen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never. And then uh, Bronco, I'm sorry. Yeah. Broncos, Ravens, Lamar. Back injury, for some reason, I, I kind of just had the feeling, and maybe just because people weren't freaking out about it, I figured he was going to play all week, but a back injury is not something to take lightly. But he still ran for 59 yards and 18 carries, threw for over 300 yards. They they handle a Denver team who actually, had, had surprisingly, had been 3-0 and and been playing pretty well with Teddy Bridgewater. Those those stats, actually, uh, not to correct you, but those are, uh, for the listeners, that was Latavius Murray's stats. He had 18 carries for 59 yards. Lamar had oh, 7 Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, no, no. That, You're right. Yep. For I, a back injury, that's a lot of run. Um, but he saw a seven for 28, which is Lamar-esque. So. No, I appreciate that because I did see – I saw L, so thanks for that. Yep. Yeah, but, yeah, still, you know, tough win uh, over in Denver because Denver's been a good team. But it's always been a thing with Denver, you know, kind of like Georgia. But have they played anybody yet? Yeah, and yeah, true. Baltimore is a much better team. And we'll see what Denver's made out of continuing you know with the rest of the season but yeah man I, big win for baltimore then they're kind of surprising well um and let me know if you're ready to move on to this to be the last game which is actually starting right now let me know yes. how do you feel know. buccaneers and patriots yeah yeah i'll i'll i've been kind of thinking about it. I w- i'll kind of want to predict it and i want to hear what you have prediction too wise um uh, over under is 49 points Tampa is favored six and a half. Uh, I think the talent discrepancy between these two teams is massive. Um, it's like talent is going up against scheme. And for years and years and years, it's, we're, we've been foreshadowing this whole time. Clemson, how we're talking about them with scheme, they, they're kind of falling behind. I feel like that's kind of what's happening to the Patriots here. 
And Tom Brady is leaving him in the dust a little bit because he's just getting as much talent as he can. Richard Sherman is supposed to start tonight, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Just on the street the other day, now he's just going to start for the for the Bucks. Um, right. But uh, I would say Tampa's definitely going to cover that six and a half, and it could be a good two scores because even though they don't have Gronk as much as Gronk wants to be playing there, um, they still got plenty of talent, and I think Tom Brady's going to want to prove a point tonight and kind of put a nail in a coffin on that and probably win by two scores. I could say Bucks could win 45 to, to 20, 21, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's – I, and that's where like the spread man coming in, I, I, I definitely take the Bucks in the six because I think it's going to be more than that. And then, yeah, I think the over-under, I think it's going to be over. Man, this is obviously the what we talked about all week. Um is is this such a big game? And and what I've heard from some people today, which I think I agree with the fact that this is probably more personal for Brady than it is Belichick in the fact that Belichick's sitting at one and three and, and they need to start winning some games. Whereas Brady, obviously, they have the good team. They already proved themselves with the Super Bowl. But like you said, when it is scheme and players, it's like, yeah, Bill knows Brady's Achilles Hill and he's going to come and he's going to do his best to like attack that, whatever that is. But... Like you said, the talent discrepancy, I think, is pretty huge in this game. Now, another thing, which I didn't think was a big deal, but I think the way it got put out, I don't know if it was just because the media trying to do it or trying to piss off Brady, but they said, look, Brady's only 68 yards away from breaking Drew Brees' all-time uh, record for passing yards in a career. So he's obviously he's going to do that. And the the headline came out, the Patriots aren't going to stop the game for him. They're not going to do a ceremony, but they'll pause the game, which right. I think that's normally how it goes anyway, right? Like maybe when when uh, Peyton broke the, the touchdown record in Denver, maybe they'd probably stop a little bit longer. It was at home, but I don't think this is that surprising. Um, one, for an away team to break the record, and two, obviously, come on. Like that's why, that's why I don't know. It's just like, is it a normal thing and they're making it a big deal with this, like Belichick saying, fuck you, Brady? I don't know. But maybe the, the way the headline came out, Brady's like, all right, well, I'm going to break the record here. You guys, you guys are going to at least pause for a second. But I found that interesting, um, w- just the way that headline came out. But dude, I'm excited, man. You don't, I feel like more in college, you get these animosities, like just because. It, there's more like maybe not more rivalries but it's because the nfl they, they play against each other longer but these storylines don't come around very often i feel like so when they do man it's it's exciting i'm excited to watch this one i i don't i don't really man i don't even know what a score would be but you said 45 21 yeah i'll go i'll go like 34 17 bucks man i don't i think their defense is going to be flying around all night mac jones isn't going to know what hit him i think they need to bring pressure on mac but look brady gets the ball out faster than a lot of people so belichick can do whatever he wants but his his talent doesn't match up tonight i agree my friend it's gonna be exciting hey the ratings for this is probably gonna be massive so oh yeah no doubt no doubt Well, would you like to switch over to a little bit of baseball talk? We don't normally do that. You know, we have only had three podcasts, but uh, it's playoff time, baby. How about them Bravos? It is, man. It's exciting. One, because we're going to have fans. And if you just watch any of the games the past week, the chance of these games. Oh, man, because, you know, baseball, baseball is social. You drink, blah, blah, blah. But it's not a lot of like football. People are a lot of cheering a lot of the time, especially when the other team has the ball. But man, some of those stadiums this past week have been absolutely electric. So I'm excited for playoff baseball. Shout out to the Braves winning their fourth straight uh, NL East title. Uh, I'm excited about that, man. We're look. 
if we end up making a run at this thing, especially going to the World Series, that trade deadline is going to go down. It's probably one of the best of all time. I mean, the guys we've picked up and losing Acuna and losing, like, man, I tell you what, I'm excited about this team. Everyone's writing us off, but guess what? We play the Dodgers. I'm sorry. We play the Brewers the first round. Brewers are a very good baseball team, but it ain't the Giants. It ain't the Dodgers. And if we do beat the Brewers, we're only going to have to play the Giants or the Dodgers. Ain't going to be both. So we ain't got to go through. We only got to go through one of them. And I would obviously much rather play the Giants. Which is weird because they won the division, had a better record by one game. It came down to today's game to see who won the division. And they, they won their game. So the Giants won the division. And that's, Kind of crazy um, that it came down to that with well two teams that have like 107 wins apiece, which is well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. How often do you have 100 wins and you don't clinch your title until today? When the Braves right. clinched their Braves won 80 whatever 85 games, we clinched ours four days ago. So right, yeah, that is kind of right. a crazy thing. Yeah, for sure. But it, we still had some chaos today beyond all that because yep. the Yankees won one to nothing. On a walk off to get into the playoffs. Yep, Aaron Judge walk off hit. Yep, which was exciting, and uh, the Red Sox won as well. So that means something I'm super excited for this Tuesday is uh, Yankees at the Red Sox. One game, one winner take all to move on to play. Uh, I don't have the bracket right in front of me. Who who would they play? Uh, so it's going to be the Astros. It should be the Astros, I believe. Nope, it's uh, the winner of that game plays goes to Tampa. Tampa's the one seed. Houston plays the White Sox. Oh, Tampa won the division. Yes, they did. My bad, because I knew... Okay, I'm glad you said that, because the last thing I saw was that I was looking at possible, all these different outcomes of if Tampa Bay, Boston, and Yankees all tied, uh, because apparently that was close to happening. I'm talking about a, a three-way tie. Actually, it might not have been the Rays because I, I guess they have a better record. Yeah, uh, but no, I, the basic. I'm sorry, yeah, saying, not the Rays. It was a uh, three-way between the the Mariners, Boston, and New York. So that that's what that possible Toronto. scenario it was. was. Going to be a four-way. Oh, uh, and Toronto. Toronto. Right yep, well. my bad. Yep, that's yeah. that's yep. And if the Yankees and the Red Sox would have lost today would have been a four-way tie, and it would have been all kind of chaos. And the Mariners would have won, but they lost as well. So um, going to be heck of a heck of a playoffs. But, you know, it is going to be exciting. And then I think Wednesday the Cardinals play the Dodgers, which would just be lovely for us Braves fans if the Cardinals just ruined their season in one game like that. That would be tough if I was a Dodgers fan, but um, that's going to, be, going to be fun for sure. But as far as the Braves go, the Brewers – their pitching staff, I think, is the main reason why they're here. Oh, yeah. And they've they got three – I think three starting pitchers that are extremely good. And Well, one, one's going to be out now. One was celebrated too hard and broke his hand. Yeah, yeah, which I was getting to. And that that's uh, a break for the Braves. <laughs> Didn't need <laughs> to do that. But uh, we still have to – obviously, this is a very good team. We still have to, to play our best and – of course, it would be. Hey, Acuna, is your leg better yet? But I mean, like you yeah, said, we've um, we we've still lucked out with Jock Peterson and and Austin Riley. Like, who is even going to be the MVP here? Like, just for the Braves in general, but for the NL also. But like, Freddie Freeman's obviously very, very, you know, got a very good average, very good everything. And then freaking Austin Riley's played his butt off this season too. So, 
we've got a very good lineup going up against him as well. Yeah, I mean, and the way uh, Soler playing and Rosario and, and Duvall, I mean, everyone's just smacking the daylights out of the ball right now, which is yes. very exciting. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that. It just seems like they're just coming up and whacking home runs just like everybody else. And I think probably over the past 10, 15 years, the Cardinals have ruined the Braves in the playoffs more than the Dodgers have, just because the Dodgers just like up until, you know, all of a sudden they got Magic Johnson and, and these other guys, they've started paying guys $200 million. But so with that being said, I would still love for the Cardinals to be the Dodgers, especially after last year, dude, being three, being up three, one and not being able to close a deal. Hopefully the Cardinals can knock him out. Only help our chances, dude. I mean, look, we're in now. So anything can happen. I'm very excited. We're going to go in with the worst record out of all the playoff teams. Like we will have the, the least amount of wins, which right. doesn't doesn't bother me any because look, dude, I like our chances, man. It's whoever's the hottest. Never know. We get here. We've learned that year after year. We're old enough. Yeah. To oh yeah. yeah. And you never want to look past the first round. And I, I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me. Knock on wood. But uh, the Brewers aren't the team that I think we need to worry about. Any of those three teams that come out, the Dodgers, the Giants, or the Cardinals are the team to worry about. One, because the Dodgers and Giants have such a good record and such a good roster, but the Cardinals could go back and get Albert Pujols and they could could suddenly turn around and beat anybody in the playoffs. That's just who they are, it feels like, the past 20 years. They're just always there at the end, sneak in, and then all of a sudden, oh, they're in the World Series. So whoever wins out of that that side of the bracket, which is any of those three teams, is the team that we obviously have to really, really worry about. But don't put the cart before the horse, you know? Got to beat the Brewers. But like you said, the hottest coming in is, I mean, the Cardinals won 17 straight. And I know they lost the last two, but that that's impressive to come in yes. winning 17. So that's scary, man. Yeah, I'm excited for, dude, God, this wild card, man. Like, do you know how the, is it, is um, the home field determined by like head to head? Do you know how that is? As far as like, I'm just thinking the Yankees, Red Sox, because that's always like a fun, where is it, where is it going to be at? You know, I think I know the answer, but I don't want to say for sure. So that's actually a good question. But I think it is just overall record is your seating. And then it kind of just goes based on that. But like, for example, the the wild card, I think I, I heard something I think Jeff Passon put on Twitter that the Yankees actually could have chosen to go play. Uh, I think if the Red Sox lost, they could have chose to go play the freaking Toronto in Toronto. But since the Red Sox won, they have to go to the Red Sox. But that's going to be a heck of a good game. Um, I think they play that Tuesday. Yep, that's Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, like I said, it's Cardinals and Dodgers. And then the ALDS starts Thursday. And, we, and the, the Braves play Friday. So it's going to be a week full of baseball as much as we love football. Baseball, this is the time of year for it. I, I was going to say, yeah, this is this is the time where I'm, I'm okay with that, with, with baseball, especially when the Braves are in it, man. I'm I'm excited. There's there's not a lot of things like playoff baseball. I mean, obviously everyone knows the the season takes forever, 162 games. But look, at this point, you got this far. It's time to get it done. So hopefully the Braves can make a run, and maybe we get to go go make another run at this thing. That's that's what I would love, man. We we need a World Series. It's been too long. Yes, sir. I would agree. But I guess one more question is uh, I- and. And this is something I haven't even really thought about. So I'm, I'm really asking you okay. um, if you have any idea who would be the NL and the AL MVP right now. 
I mean, I guess really in LA, um, you need to worry about because the Braves. Yeah. But who, who really is the front runner for that? I haven't really been paying attention with I, football I, coming back. I I think the AL is an easy one, and honestly, if you want to if you want to give both trophies to Shohei Otani, I'm cool with it. Give him the AL <laughs> one as a as a batter, and give him the NL one as a pitcher. That's kind of how I feel. So show show hey unanimous in the AL. That shouldn't even be a question. Um, but man, in the NL, it is tough because Bryce Harper has made uh, made a good case. Juan Soto has made a very good case, and then Juan Soto. yeah, and I, and I know Freddie Freeman that hasn't been talked about. He won it last year, but I mean, yeah, how is how is Ozzy Albie's night being talked in that conversation or, or Austin Riley? But I think Austin I mean, Riley's been in that conversation, but I, don't, I haven't heard much about Ozzy. Yeah, I mean, what all what Ozzy's doing from you know he's normally batting either second behind Acuna or he would sometimes drop to sixth and they they put him in that position, but he's been batting third, which you know, growing up and every, your best hitter bats third, Freddie Freeman bats third, Chipper Jones bats third, right? Mark McGu- Albert Pujols bats third. That's just how it is, and for and now it's working for us. We got I think Soler's normally uh, hitting leadoff, and then we've had. Freddie batting second, and then Ozzy. But I think Ozzy's been playing his butt off, man. I mean, look, our entire infield to have thirty home runs at, at each position, minus the catcher, is absolutely impressive. So yeah, man, and that was a toss up because it's you know it's different than like the Heisman. You know, it's like the Heisman is is your team also very very good. In, in the in baseball, it's not necessarily that because obviously um, Bryce Harper won't be in the playoffs, neither will Juan Soto. Um, I don't think I'd be upset at any of those guys winning. Obviously, bias. I would love for a brave to take it home. Um, but I don't know if I've watched enough down the stretch to really say like who's going to get. It. I think it's a toss up. Yeah, honestly, I'm sitting here looking at the stats for the season for the National League, and it really could be a toss up because, I mean, Adam Duvall is actually leading the NL and RBIs at 113. Austin Riley's right behind him, and Ozzy's tied for third. Like that's that's what crazy I'm saying to think about. And then, like, Freddie Freeman is second with hits. Austin Riley's third in hits. Like, this is actually very intriguing. It's going to be kind of hard to to, to figure out. But that's why I was kind of asking you, like, because I haven't really been paying attention to the, to the MVP. I, I, I literally – I think it's got to be either Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, or Austin Riley, Ozzy, or Freddie. Like, I think it's going to be a Brave. Oh, like, brave. I mean, yeah. <laughs> is it going to be a Brave or – the Braves infield, or is it going to be Bryce Harper? Center? Like, I think that's how we're looking at it. Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't be upset. I'll, obviously, I would trade a thousand MVP awards for us to go get a World Series title. But that's a very good Sorry. question because Sohei's running away with it on that side as he should. And then NL, it's kind of been there's just a lot of good players, man, in both leagues, but especially this year in the NL, a lot of good players. So and we'll, we'll see, see how much I, we'll see how much importance that. Uh, you know, being a team in the playoffs and being the best player on one of those teams, how much importance they put on that. Because, yeah. Like you say, one side of Bryce Harper, not the playoffs. Yeah. But, and you know, in the past, you might have, you, I mean, like like I said, Shohei's running away with it. They're obviously not in the playoffs. So, obviously, that's not the be-all, end-all. But I, I certainly see, don't see why why it would hurt their conversation, right? So, we'll see. That is, that is a good question, man. I'm excited to see kind of how that goes. So... But yeah, I'm excited, man. Playoff baseball. We're getting into the the heart of college football and NFL. Lots of exciting times. Plenty of stuff to talk about. Yes, sir. I'm excited to keep doing it. This is hella fun. Yeah, man. Well, if you don't got anything else, 
Um, I think we've covered everything we can. I've already got a notification that Brady's getting booed in New England, so might be time to flip it to that game and, and see how the rest of this night goes. Yes, sir. I'll be turning right to it. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you all.